Welcome to the Making Today Your Bitch podcast, where we get real about what sucks in your life and get you on the right track to make today your bitch. Now here's your host and kindness connoisseur, certified life coach and personal trainer, Marissa Nicholson. Hey everybody, thank you for joining in to the Making Today Your Bitch podcast. I am actually really excited about the topic we're talking about today. So we are going to be talking about confidence. And for those of you who are wondering, why is she talking in the third person? I'm not. My buddies are back. I am so excited. Um, I talked last time about hoping that this was a gateway drug for my friend Rami and my friend Amber. And it turns out about a month ago, Amber and I were having cocktails as per usual. <laughs> and she's like, hey, buddy, when are we going to do this podcast again? I'm like, I got them. <laughs> so um, I'm, I am really excited, though, because as I go through any ages, any stages with my life coaching clients, this is a common theme confidence shows up over and over again, or the lack thereof. And it really is because we wrap our worth so much in other humans as women. And that, in my opinion, goes way back to when we were about zero to seven years old. But as we get older, it has us really not believe that we're good enough. And we make so many decisions geared towards that. And often it's it's based out of fear or based out of not feeling worthy. And I really wanted to talk about it because in my mind, there's two kinds of women in the world. There's queens and there's peasants. And it has nothing to do with who they are. It has nothing to do with what they do or how much education they have or how much money they have in their bank. It has everything to do with how worthy they feel or not. And that's exactly how they act. I know CEOs of companies that act like peasants in their relationships. They allow people to treat them terribly. And that's really why I wanted to dive into this today. So we're going to do it the same way we did it last time, where we each have our own set of questions. We'll take turns answering them, um, except this time we have cocktails. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which may or may not be scary, if I'm honest, because these ladies don't have filters anyway, any of us. So (laughs) it just gets a little crazier when we're drinking. So that should be fun, which is why we thought we'd throw that out. So just goes back. I will. You say say filter. I say confidence. (laughs) I like that. A little bit of liquid confidence for you ladies. So, um, so I will shut up now and we'll dive in. Um, so Rami, you're up first. Ask your question. Um, right here. Go. What behavior do you see that makes you think confidence is lacking in women? Does it just have to be women or women and girls? Can it be both? I'd say both. I'd All right. Say both. All right. I think I mean, it goes back to, I think what I see a lot in women and in girls is the not, just not advocating for themselves. That to me is a huge, I don't have the confidence or I don't have the self-esteem to think that I am worth being heard or listened to or regarded um, and it could be something as simple as being in a restaurant and they mess up your order and you just go, it's okay. And you eat it, but you don't, that's not what you wanted, but you don't want to be the jerk who says, Hey, this isn't right. Fix it down to all the way to someone in your job, in your role as the part in your family of just saying, I'm not okay with this. And they just take it and then they suffer silently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amber, what do you think about that? Yeah, not not speaking up for yourself, a little bit of cowardice and just meek. Um, yeah, they just, people, we're not always taught to say the words that you want or do the things that you want. It's not always instilled in a lot of ladies. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. You well, learn it's, it. it's the politeness, right? It's the... yeah. It's not polite to to not say what you want. It's it's you know what I mean, or or to say what you want. You have to just take what you get. Yeah, the server ex- explanation is like perfect. Now how to see this? I I just did it two weeks ago in Omaha. I got an omelet that was completely wrong, and I just didn't want to fight with anybody, and I just did it <laughs> like a sucker. <laughs> a terrible omelet. No, it happens. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that I see is, um, and I'm glad that you said girls too, 
Rami, because I see this all the way from my very youngest life coacher that I have is 16 years old, all the way up to, I think she's like 87 now. I can't remember how old she is. Anywhere in between, right? Every single age, like I said, all the ages and stages, what I see happen is we accept things in romantic relationships that we probably normally wouldn't and otherwise, hopefully anyway. And it doesn't matter, boy, girl, whatever, you know, whatever, whoever you love, whoever you like, it, I see them on both coins and I'm, I'm straight. So I just always thought it was men that made women do those things. Men treated women. It has nothing to do with it. And the more and more um, gay uh, life coaching clients that I have, I'm like, holy crap, this happens to all of us. <laughs> I but you don't know, right? I don't, I mean, all I know yeah. is my little box. And, and the reality of it is, is once I really started to see that it happens in all relationships and it probably happens for men too, in a different way. I just don't know. I'm not one, but um, I see specifically younger girls and I can identify this cause I was this way, accepting being cheated on, being talked to badly, being talked down to, being not responded to in a recent, you know, reasonable amount of time, whatever it is, but they allow, they allow, they allow people to almost use them because they don't think that they're worthy of something else. And I see that translate into careers. When people get older, I see that translate into marriages. I see it translate into all sorts of different pieces, but that's what I think I see the most of. And it, it really honestly just breaks my heart because that's where I get the queen and peasant moment. That's where I say you're either, and I've been both in my life. That's how I know. But peasants allow people to, they take the scraps, right? Because they don't think they deserve anything else and they can't see a way to get out of that. But when you're a queen, you don't need anybody next to you. You choose the person next to you. So that's why I say that. It, again, it has no class. It has no letters behind any. I don't care about yeah. that. It really is our mentality, right? Yeah, it's not socioeconomic. It's um, how you view yourself. If, 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 like, if self-esteem or confidence were a hierarchy, so to speak. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what I see. I think women, too, you guys, I think women fight with other women over boys, over girls, over whoever, uh, because of this too. Mm -hmm. Because a confident woman, and I've seen confident women watch men look at other women and they'll either walk away or if another woman's trying to fight with them, they're like, okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't matter to them because I'm not going to fight for some guy or girl or whatever if I'm no. confident, right? I'm not going to do yeah. like, if, if, if he or she wants to be here, cool, be here. If not, I'm not going to fight over it, but that's confidence, yeah. right? so interesting to me. All right, Amber, what you got? What's your question? Oh, gosh. Um, where do you believe confidence comes from? And do you believe that it's self-taught or learned behavior? Um, well, confidence comes from your inner self telling you how great you are. That's the PC lovely answer. Um, but it's just, it. you just learn along the way. I think it's all about life experiences. And figuring out what kind of person you want to be. Um, a learned behavior is interesting because I, I've, I've watched a lot of people be meek and I, I've learned that that's not what I want to do. Um, but also when I was a teeny tiny little child, my dad used to say, you're smart you're pretty and you can do anything you want to do. And I remember not believing him at all. Interesting. Like, yeah. Um, but it stuck with me for a really long time. Like clearly I remembered it today. Yeah. Um, so a part of that was part of my upbringing, but like I didn't figure any of my self-confidence out until I was well into my thirties. So I think it's a little bit of both. If you have good, people telling you good things, then it is. Yeah. You can teach yourself and learn along the way from other people. I see you, Amber, as a very, actually, I see you both this way, but I see you guys as, as confident, strong women. What, Amber, do you think was that moment in your 30s that you were talking about, or was it just like a culmination of many things? It was a combo of a lot of things. I think I was tired of the relationship that I was in. It wasn't suiting me and I was just letting it go. It wasn't, I wasn't being abused or anything like that. I just never, ever said, 
I'm done with this. And one day I woke up and said, I'm going to get better. I'm, I deserve better. And I was done. And at the same time, it was kind of happening in my job as well, mm. where I was just learning that I, I was guiding younger women and my behavior was they, they were reacting from my behavior. And I really fed off of that from mm -hmm. my job. Once I realized that other people were paying attention and cared and thought I was doing pretty smart choices, I just made a lot more better choices. I and that's awesome. Stopped, stopped listening. Now, my job took another probably 10 years for me to walk away from that. But ages and stages <laughs> yeah, exactly like you know but yeah I feel like it was in my 30s and I just I don't care anymore I just I don't care what other people think and I just will do the things and say the things I think you hit something on the head that I tell a lot of my clients and and some of this stuff you know I'm the first to admit I don't know this scientifically I just know this because I've seen it work so many times that it has to be true in my mind is that the only way to get over that self-worth bullshit in your life is to have the balls to jump out of where you're at. That's not working because you slowly yeah. in my mind prove to yourself um, that this belief about me isn't right. And I'm going to prove it. Boom. I'm worthy. Ooh, that kind of felt good. Boom. I'm worth. Oh, that felt even better. And it, it's just like a stepping up of it. I have never seen anybody do it all at once. And I've never seen anybody do everything all at once, you know, but I think that it is those little moments where you're proving all that bullshit wrong, wherever you learned it from. What do you think about this, Rami? Mine was, I, I think, I think it's both as well because it's, but it's also like, what is, what is self-taught and what is learned behavior? And I think also part of it is your environment as a child, because I don't recall being told I can be anything, mm. but I I think the self-talk piece came from where I was like, I don't like this environment and I wanted to be out on my own and I wanted to see the world. I had no idea how to make that happen, but I just kind of headed in that direction. So mm -hmm. I don't know that I had like specific, I think it was, for me, it was a very gradual process from 18 leaving the house to go to college okay. well into my thirties after being married and having Isla. I, that it was, it was a very, it was a, just a kind of step-by-step -step process I think my biggest like booster was when I just packed up and moved to Portland right after college and had no job. I had found my apartment on the internet. I had never done anything on by myself. And I just went and said, either I fail or I make it. And mm -hmm. I made it. And that created I, I like the strength that built up in me in just a, in a year's time was more than I think anything prior, anything since, as far as like one solid event mm -hmm. that really boosted my self-esteem, my confidence of like, I can do this and I don't need anybody. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. It's like that. It's those moments where you just have the balls to jump, whether or not, you know, what's on the other side, mm -hmm. you're just sick and tired of what you got. Mm -hmm. um, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's, it's both. I think it's, it's, it's learned. It's, it's in you, you know, all of those things. I never, had either one of them. I never had anybody that told me I couldn't. I never had anybody that told me I, I could. Um, I did watch my mom pick herself apart though. You know, she was a person that had um, an eating disorder for, for years and years, well, before I was ever even born. Um, and even though she had it under control, she still was always very aware of her body. And really that was something that I watched her do, but she also would, would force on me. So like I would, was in, I think it was second, it was second or third grade. And she would pack me a thermos with slim fast in it. That's that was my lunch. And like every fad diet that would come out, she brought me with her and I know what it was. She didn't want me to ever have to go through. Like, I really just think it was out of good intention, but what it did to me totally messed with my head and the opposite. Yeah. Absolutely. And so no matter you know, no matter what the, the body dysmorphia, the, the eating disorders, all of those things just went right into me and I soaked them right up. And, um, I think, I think that, that part I can definitely trace back. But one piece that she did give me was she gave me that queen mentality of you never need anybody. Like her mom told her, she told me, 
and hers, they were all men, right? It was always about the men you didn't need. <laughs> that was always their message to their girls. <laughs> but what she told all, and I didn't know this until like about a year ago, my aunt was telling me, yeah, my mom told us that. But my mom told us, well, me specifically, never mad. <laughs> she told me that yeah. you you never want to rely on anyone to buy you underwear, to buy you tampons, to buy you anything. Like you make your own money and you never need anyone. You never let yourself get in a situation where you need a man. You make sure that you're taken care of. If you want somebody, you can pick them, but you never should need someone. And I know she meant it in a lot different of a way, just like her mom meant it, but really what it stuck with me and it still sticks to me this day. And I still tell my ladies this, you should never need anybody. You make sure that you have what you need and you rely on you and all the rest of it is icing on the top. That way, if they treat you in a way that you don't feel like you deserve, you can say bye really easily. But I agree. I think it's both. I think you're, you're taught, you watch it, all the things. Um, she had a really good message, Marissa. She did. It was one of the great things that I pulled away from that. <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> right? It's what I got. All right. Uh, mine is, if you could pinpoint what molded your confidence most in life, what would it be? Um. Mine was definitely those moments. And there's so many of them. I can't pinpoint one, but there's so many of them that it was a jump and just, a, I have no idea if I'm going to hit a jump. I don't know if I'm going to hit a jump. I don't know if I'm going to hit. I will say, um, having Emma when I had her, you know, I had her young, I was 19 years old. Um, it, it shocked me out of where my trajectory of life was not good at that moment in my life. And, um, she gave me something to fight for because I couldn't fight for myself because my confidence and my self-worth was so low in at that time in my life that um, that was a huge moment. And then walking away from her dad, who was extremely abusive, was the moment where I was like, if I can take this little two-month-old and at 19 walk away and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I was making you know pennies really compared to what I should have been making to be able to do that on my own. Um, that was the first moment that I was like, holy crap, this might be something. And I didn't die and neither did she. Like, it was yeah. like we didn't explode. We did it. Yeah. That was, that was my <laughs> biggest one. And that's when I, I always went back to that moment. I was like, if I could walk through that hell, I could walk through any hell. What do you cool. think about that, Rami? I think um, for me, a, a big piece, it, it, it was, like I said, it was chunks what, my very, I think my very first boost though was leaving my house, my parents' house, and starting college because I didn't really know what that looked like because I didn't go to a normal school, so I didn't have a lot of the social norms or just how things worked really, and just yeah. going to college. And there were people at home who were making bets on how badly I would fail because they knew that where I was coming from this bubble and they were like, she's not going to make it. <laughs> and I think that piece pissed me off so much when I found out about it, that I was like, screw all of you guys. And I came <laughs> home my first semester of college and my brother went around and told everybody, you know, my sister, my sister got straight A's this semester. She did really good this semester. And like, I just love that he had my back, but also mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to make it. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep doing this and I'm not coming back here. I think the, the, the motivation to not go backwards is what pushed me mm. forward. I like it. I like it. Well, they always say you're either chasing pain mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, you're either chasing pleasure and running or running away from pain. It doesn't matter which mm -hmm. you're still getting where you need to go, but everybody's yeah. got a little bit of a different push, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amber, what about you? What was the, the moment for you? Or, or if you could pinpoint certain ones? I don't know. I, I truly don't know. I, I, I was well into my childcare career when somebody said, you know, we all listen to what you say. And I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, you do? And it's been like, it's, it, she wrote me this very sweet thank you card when she graduated from high school. And she said, you really changed how I, how I want to make my next steps. And that was, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, but like college was great. I had a lot of independence. I don't think it gave me self-confidence, but 
Um, yeah, I think it was more in my career path where I realized that other people are paying attention and what I'm doing is making a difference. And if I'm, you know, not taking any bullshit, they're not going to take any bullshit. And those, all those young ladies were paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that specific field too, I think that's huge because there are so many young girls that are just, just starting. Yeah. 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 I always said I was raising infants all the way to 22 years. <laughs> True. <laughs> Half of them were on my payroll, but whatever. I was helping, helping them. Yeah. No, that's so true. Okay, cool. Whose turn is it? Amber? Me. No, Rami. Rami. Question number dos. Do you believe that if we taught children coping skills, that they would have better self-esteem? Ooh. All right. I think the first part is that I think what we do, it's not just coping skills, but I think we teach boys and girls differently. And I think mm-hmm. part of that is we instill more confidence in boys than we do in girls. And it goes back to that you have to be agreeable. You can't challenge because people won't think you're nice and they won't like you. But boys can do that because that's part of their rambunctious behavior. So it's that part of like, I don't, I don't think it even starts at the same level for boys and girls. Mm. And then I don't think, I think coping skills is part of it, but also just empowerment. Starting at a very young age, empowering girls to be like, you can figure this out. You have the skills, you have the knowledge, but I don't feel like we do that. So I don't know if empowerment is part of coping skills, but I would say coping skills is only a piece of it. And I think Mm -hmm. the empowerment and the independence is not something that parents are really good at instilling in girls because of like these roles that we get stuck into that I know that it's changing and it's changed each generation, but I still feel like we do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of the role of a girl is to not be contrary and to not be empowered. Mm -hmm. Not have a voice. Mm Mm-hmm. Amber, what do you think? I don't teach a lot of children anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think there's all different ways that you can be teaching and instilling and, and just being a, a, a confident person around everyone, just showing how you can do it. Um, I think some kids aren't going to get it. I think not everybody's going to get it until they get the life skills, mm-hmm. until they actually fall on their face and realize that they're not stepping up for themselves. Some of it is, yes, teaching them. But I think a lot of it is just your experiences as you grow up. You kind of have to fall flat and pick yourself up and keep moving. Yeah. I, you know, I, this is a soapbox thing for me is coping skills. And I think it's because I, I have met so many adults, but I also know that this is not something we teach in school. And I really with all of my heart, believe that we should teach kids from very young coping skills, because what coping skills do we do? What our parents taught us or the ones we learned, which are kind of crappy. And that's just like, when things don't go your way, what happens? When, when, like you were talking about Amber falling on your face and having to figure it out, not having someone figure it out for you. Yeah. I think our parents' generation for the most part ish, were pretty good at just letting, they were pretty unplugged for lack of a better word, right? Like for the most of the part, they just kind of let us go be kids and do our thing and kind of were preoccupied with all the other crap they had to do. But I think because of the lack of that involvement, our generation of parents have over-involved themselves, a lot of them. And and I, I've admitted like the worst thing I could have done and did do and, and the biggest lesson I learned as a parent is not allowing M to screw up, fall on her face and figure it out herself. I, I really wanted to give her all of my heartache and give it to her so that she wouldn't have to go through that same heartache. And that's not how it works. You gotta yeah. fall on your face, like you were saying, Amber, and, and figure out to scramble how to pick yourself back up to learn those lessons. Um, but I, I really do believe that, I, I wish to God that schools had it mandated that they had to teach kids coping skills of, what do you do when things don't go your way? How do you treat people? How do you deal with the fact that things aren't going to be perfect? Or, you know, because a lot of them don't have that because everyone gets a trophy now. Because 
you know, all of those moments, it's like, God, you just don't have that stuff or it doesn't go your way. Or, you know, if I throw a fit, I'm going to get that Barbie, whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And unfortunately, I know for me, myself and my life growing up, if you had told me all those things when I was in elementary school, junior high or high school, I would have told you to fuck off. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I got this under control. Like I, it, it's a nice seed to plant, but if mm-hmm. you're in if you're a teenager, you're not listening to anybody anyway. And especially some of these teenagers right now, they know somebody's going to fix it for them. Yeah. So they don't have to deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're right. Real life, real life is what teaches us the worst and biggest and best lessons. That is what it is. It was a comedian who was talking about the difference between, you know, Gen Xers, millennials, and I guess it's Gen Z now. Mm-hmm. And now she was saying, it's not that we, she was talking about millennials and Gen Z. She's like, it's not that we hate you because of X, Y, and Z, but it's because you have so much damn confidence. Everything, like, like we were not, like Gen X were not raised with confidence and you guys have so much confidence and you love yourself so much and we don't know what to do with that. <laughs> it's true. What do we see it as? Entitlement. They're entitled. They're yep. entitled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they actually believe they deserve some shit. We didn't believe that. Yeah. And we still don't. Yeah. Their self, their, their, their level of self-worth, I think, is higher than most of what we experienced as kids growing up. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And that has to be a parenting thing, right? Mm-hmm. If it's if it's across the entire, and obviously it's some people are different, but yeah. if it's across the entire generation, for the most part, there, there has to be a parenting thing. Like I was saying, our parents for were just, for whatever reason, more checked out, right? They just were more checked out and we overchecked in. Yeah. Most of us. So then does that, maybe that, maybe that the coping, cause like, I feel like a lot of these younger generations don't have coping skills. Cause like Amber said, everybody does everything for them, but they have this insane high self-confidence. So maybe the two aren't even connected. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that hits the nail on the head right there. I agree. I didn't even think about that. I like it. Okay. I think that's a, a mic dropper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think lack of confidence hits women harder than men? Yes. Yeah. That's the mic drop. There. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> but I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know if it's gender roles or, or like why it's happening. Like men just, it's just going to happen. Everything's going to be laid out for them. Maybe that's a family thing. Maybe I'm going to my own family. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think women have just always over the ages been told to play nice and do the right things and whatever. And men aren't ever told that even from little tiny boys. Mm-hmm. Just no. They just walk around. Owning the owning the world. Now I own I own it, so it's cool. <laughs> you don't need no man, girl. <laughs> Robbie, what do you got? It is funner to drink while we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I think I come. I I pull too much personal background in this situation. Mm. Everyone does, yeah. In that the situation, my brother and I were absolutely raised on two different like just with two different sets of rules. And I think his was a more confidence builder than mine was. Mm. And it goes back to the, this is your role and this is your role. And for whatever reason, girls' roles don't involve confidence or self-esteem. I literally, when I graduated my high, high school, Somebody told my dad that he was condemning me to hell for letting me go to college. So you think about that mentality of an entire group of people that I grew up with. Like, where are we going to get the self-confidence? Like, we're just basically told our purpose is wife and mother. And it sounds (laughs) sounds so 1800s, but it was like, yeah, there are still a lot of people who feel that way as this, why, like, this is what you're going to do. We're going to put you in this spot and that's where you stay. And I think when you're just, you're not told or taught or led to believe that 
just go find who you are and be confident in that. And who cares what anybody else thinks? You just don't have that confidence. And I think it's done to girls more than it is done to boys. There are definitely boys without who don't have self-esteem and don't have confidence. But I mm-hmm. think it's done to girls more than it's done to boys. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know why I think that is because how many guys like they got a gut, they let themselves go completely, but they expect their girlfriend, their wife, their whatever to like get it to get like you best not let yourself go or I'm going to be looking at a younger girl like but you see that all the time like I see these women you can tell they've been married or together for a while and these girls are really working on trying to keep like it is a street fight every day for women. We know that. Like we are always looking at like, what the heck is on my face? Where is these clothes didn't fit like this before? Like it's a mental screw every single day. And we don't even need other women to get like that. It's men that really make us feel that way too, but we do it to ourselves. Um, but I will tell you, I see that a lot. I see guys that have like completely don't even like they're super confident and they I'm like well, I don't know why but <laughs> should it yeah, be yeah. where did but that come from <laughs> like I'm seeing women like work their asses off mm-hmm. as we age and men just get a little sexier so I think that like you know when they get salt and pepper it's cute and we're like trying to cover it like it's our freaking job mm-hmm. but I really do think that that it has to be true right because you see that and I'm like that's confidence in and of itself right there just right in front of you, those moments. But um, it's just very interesting to me. I mean, there there are plenty of of women out there that I see that you would think are confident, right? That are just, like I have clients that are absolutely dropped at gorgeous. They have amazing careers. They make good money. And when they walk in the room, you would look at them and be like, holy crap, that girl has the most confidence I think I've ever. And they underneath that are broken as hell. And, and a lot of it is show. A lot of it is like the the more tits they show, the more, you know, fancier the bag is, the more of that, the more I find out when they're clients, it's like, oh my God, it's just, it's hurt. That's what they're trying to cover with that stuff. It's not feeling worthy. And maybe if I have this facade that shows you that I'm confident or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I grew up with very, very strong, confident women. I really did verbally. But behind the scenes, those women picked themselves apart like you have never seen. When no one was looking, they would be worse to themselves than their worst enemies. And they still do it to this day. It's it's like a family recipe that we all pass down to each other, right? A really shitty one that we want to get rid of, but it, it's not, true. Not banana bread? Mm-mm, no. No. Not Eat at all. Up. Cool. But yeah, it's just weird to me, you know, like, like me and... And Maddie, we weren't raised real differently. Like we really weren't. Like, uh, in fact, actually, I think my mom was harder on me as far as like rules went, as far as like, um, like physical, um, I'll call it abuse because that kind of was what it was. She was harder on me than what she was with him. She, I think, mentally messed with him more than she did me. Right. So that was the only difference. But as far as confidence went, I don't really think either one of us were raised differently in that way. I really don't. It's weird. I don't know. But I agree with both of you. I think it seems, and I'm a girl, I don't know, but it seems to me like men are raised to be more confident, to be the provider, to be the, I'm the man, you know? Yeah. And we are raised to be more of the the quiet little nugget in the corner that doesn't say anything because if we speak out, we're bitchy. And I just had a lady actually tell me this this week. We were, she's a businesswoman and um, we were having lunch. She just started her own business. And she was telling me that she's like, you know, it's funny. I was watching the guys that I used to work with at the firm I worked with them at. And people always thought they were just like strong as hell. And the minute that I would say, I could say the exact same thing they did. I was the bitch. And she's like, it's just, it's, it's different. When women have confidence, we're bitches. When men have it, they're like, Oh, you, yeah, you go get it. And that's the interesting twist. And women do that to women. Yes, they do. Oh, you're speaking up. Why are you so you're such a bitch? Like so rude. Ugh. Yeah. What are you doing? But just, ladies are just normally speaking their mind. But yes, women do it to women. Men do it to women. I don't know why that happens. I don't. I'm trying to be better. If that counts. It um, does. Tiny little world. It does. <laughs> It's a, if everybody was a little better, it would really make a difference. But I think I'm going to go out on the limb and say that women do it to women more than men do it to us. 
I think For especially sure. now, back in the day when it was like, hush woman, get back in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> right. But like, yeah. I think that we do it more. Like I watch women when other women walk in the room and they are that girl I was talking about earlier that are dressed cute and they got their nice outfit yeah. or, you know, they're showing a little bit of titty, whatever it is. Women will look at them and judge them immediately and whatever. You want to know why? Because it's a billboard and a mirror about how they don't feel good about themselves, period. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a, oh my God, I feel like shit, I would never be able to wear that. I don't, you know, I'm going to hate her. I'll be easier. But we're taught that too. We are. Yeah. yeah. I watched my mom do that shit. I did. And I watched my friends growing up do it. It was something that I was taught. And it was, Amber, like you said, I just had to get to the point where I got better at it. Long ago, yeah. Emma and I did the speak the beauty. So when we see something pretty about another woman, we speak it to them. And it just, we we still to this day, like it's like Tourette's, like, oh my yeah. God, you know, and like to the point where it's like, you know, I've, I will go, I went up to a woman one time in a bar and I was like, oh my God, your hair is gorgeous. I think she thought I was hitting on her. Yeah. I was just being nice, you know, but that's how sad it is, is that women aren't nice to other women that yeah. they don't know. We just no, It's so true. We, Rami and I were in Nashville a couple of months ago and there was a six of us, five of mm -hmm. us in an Uber and there was a woman on the side of the street oh, yeah. that looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. And everybody said her whole outfit looks great. And also the man she was with, not that great. Mm -hmm. He was walking ahead of her. And she was like no, he trailing wasn't. behind her. She was like trailing behind her. And one of the girls in the car said, tell her she looks great. It's going to change her life. It's going to. And we did. We yep. Rolled down, Roll the, down the window and just yelled out. <laughs> this is what we need to do, ladies. Yes. We have to be doing that more. Let's mm -hmm. pump each other up. Yep. It's thing. true. It's true. And I, I think it doesn't mean... And I, what I realized about it when I started doing it is it made my self-confidence rise knowing that I, cause when, if I don't care yeah. women that are gorgeous, if you tell them that you can watch their eyes, just they yeah. sparkle because even if they're gorgeous and you would think they have zero flaws, trust me, they're killing themselves inside. Mm -hmm. There's something that it could be like, I have this mole on the back of my calf. That's the smallest <laughs> mole that no one knows about. And it, I, I'm obviously imperfect, but they will like that makes that's how women's brains work. It really is, you know, so I think that's so big. Yeah. Well, and that's what my sister was talking about just before I got on this call. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome where like everybody like you're doing the things you feel like you're doing the things, but you think everybody behind your back is thinking <laughs> she doesn't know what she's yeah. doing. Yeah. Uh, someday they're going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, but you do. And that's what everybody has to know. You know what you're doing. Just stick with it. Yes. Yes. And you deserve the spot you're at. I think that's the biggest piece yeah. too, is that there, that imposter syndrome, oh my God, it is. It's like super legit. I have um, a plastic surgeon that's one of my clients, my life coaching clients. And this girl, I mean, she's a, she owns her own business. She's a plastic surgeon. She put herself through school. She didn't take out any loans. She worked her ass off. And she comes from very, very, very poor raising. And this lady has like, you would never think the self-esteem that she had when I first met her and she was working through stuff. So that's what I mean. Like she had imposter syndrome. I'm like, you crawled your way from the gutter to the top, girl. You're not you an imposter. It. You deserve a seat at the table. And and that every that's my whole point of that too, is that everybody deserves a freaking seat at the table. And it's not up to somebody else to choose if you deserve a seat. You get to decide if you need deserve yeah. a seat or even freaking want one. Sometimes we fight for a seat at a table. It's not even our table. Yeah. We don't even want that shit, right? Mm -hmm. But we want everyone to think it, we deserve it, right? Yeah. All right, who's next? That was a big soapbox, but I liked it. <laughs> mm. I, I think it's you. How has confidence or the lack thereof affected your life? Obviously, I don't think, and well, I'm hoping at least, unless it really means a lot about me. <laughs> I think that you never, there's never a level of like, I'm, you know, the best ever. I don't want to be that way because I also want to be reached humble. the top. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think there was a definite line between, and I believe it's a decision. I really do. I think it's a decision in your life where you decide, uh, I'm, this is me before and this is me after that decision. And I and I have a couple of those, but there was moments in my life where I just decided that what was going on in that moment was was not something that I wanted to live my life with. And, and the fear of having my life that way forever was greater than the fear of if I jump in, what if I don't 
actually land, right? So I I think that um I think that the way that it's changed my life is that before I felt the level of confidence, or I'll put it in my own words, before I was a queen, <laughs> when I was walking around a peasant, I accepted a lot from people that I didn't deserve because I felt like I didn't deserve love. I didn't deserve connection. I didn't have worth. Um, and I started slowly to prove to myself by those jumps, by those moves, by those whatever the hell that I was worth something. And you know, fast forward to a couple of years ago when I was like online dating for the first time. And, you know, when I was married, MySpace was not even a thing. So that tells you how long it had been since I had, there was no online dating then, right? You met people in bars and getting back out there again, I thought I was confident. And then I started getting, going out dating again. And just the thought of it, not even dating, just the thought of it shook me to my freaking core. And I like awoke all my peasant feelings. I was like, you know, give me whatever you'll, I'll take whatever attention, please, sir, please, sir. Um, and then I realized like, that's how I felt before I ever went dating. Thank God. And then all of a sudden I really thought about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're a good catch. Like, this is okay. But it took me a minute to get there. It really did. Just, it's funny how any moment a life change can rock your world right back to that peasant life, you know? So you just have to remember how far you've come and all of that stuff because before I accepted a lot of stuff and now I don't, I won't. I, I, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it a million more times. You're either filling me up or tearing me down. And in my life, if people are tearing me down, they can get the fuck out. Um, they're, they're not welcome at my table. See, that's, I think the difference between imposter syndrome and just knowing and being confident. This is your table. Yeah. You don't need a seat at some other motherfuckers table. This is your table and you'll decide who sits at it. And, and you'll certainly push them out or take their chair <laughs> if, if, they, if you don't want them there. And I think that's was... the difference between, I don't accept anything anymore. I won't. Now I, I'm still aware that people screw up and I'm, I allow that obviously, but what I won't allow is people treating me the way that I don't deserve to be treated. And that's the difference between before and after. What about you, Rami? What do you think about that? I feel like my confidence or lack thereof was very highly tied to me worrying about what other people always thought. Mm -hmm. I was like, and once I figured out, I actually didn't give a rat's ass what other people thought. My confidence and my self-esteem went way up. And I just stopped saying, well, like when I finally realized what they think of me, whether that's good or bad, really, what does it do to me? And then mm -hmm. I realized I'm the one who has power over that. And when I figured that piece out, it was like, oh, the lack of confidence went down and the self-esteem and the confidence went up. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, you're free, right? Mm -hmm. You're free to be you. And I think yeah. that's the most beautiful thing is that we all have different stuff. Like yeah. we, we all bring different beauty mm -hmm. to the world. And, and when you're afraid to show that, you're holding all that beauty back. You're just being like a, a shell of yourself. Yeah. But when you're free and you don't give a shit, yeah. it's a, it's a, to me, it's beautiful. I mean, obviously you still want to be respectful and humble and yeah, there's fine. that level of like, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it goes, it's not, it's more, it's, it's not even just like, what do people think about you? But it's accepting that you are not going to ever please all the people mm -hmm. and not everyone is going to like you. And it's not a reflection of you as a person, meaning like if someone doesn't like you, it doesn't mean that you did something wrong or that there's a flaw in you. It's just, there's just, it's just not possible. There's just too many different yeah. personalities. And when you figure all that out, it's like, it's just like this big relief of, oh, I can just be me and me is pretty great. So you may like me, you may not like me, but this is who I am and I'm going to be kind and I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to try and contribute good stuff into the world and you may or may not like it, I don't care because I'm not a bad person and I'm just mm -hmm. going to keep on going and I'm going to find the good ones and I'm going to hold on to them. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, you see what fits. Mm -hmm. I love it. Amber, what do you think? Um, for some reason in college, I had more confidence than I probably should have because I stopped attending classes. <laughs> <And> just... <laughs> cruising for my social skills and hanging out. And I knew there was going to be repercussions 
but I didn't care. And I just kept making the choices that I was going to make. And I, I knew deep down I was going to land. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how, and I didn't know why, but like somewhere in that time frame, young, I just realized I'm going to be fine. I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. And I sailed through failing out of college like a chump, but no matter how much my family was saying, you're never going to make it. It's like, you've ruined all of your life choices. Um, I knew, I knew I was going to do it. And guess what? I have, um, mm -hmm. I don't know how that happened because I was pretty shy and I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I was going to be okay. And that college wasn't the path. Yeah. Like, but that, no, the repercussions didn't really seem to matter to me. I don't, that was, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I was just like, fuck it all. <laughs> Whatever. So you're Whatever. saying you were not on the straight A train like Robbie was. <laughs> I am also exactly a nerd does. and I love learning things. So I'm like, give it to me. You want me to study? Okay. Astounded. She was astounded by my life choice. Like, what are you doing? You like, go to class? <laughs> no. I would no, go to class and fall asleep, but I was still there. We were there. Yeah. See, that's what Amber forgot that part. <laughs> I just was. She just didn't want to go. I did. I, I. What I was doing at the time was the opposite of anything that was expected of me. But I knew it was going to be fine and it was going to work out. And I think from that point forward, I, I failed at a lot of things and I succeeded at some some things and I just worked from there. But somewhere in that seventeen to eighteen years old, I was like, "Fuck it all." And now she's a kick-ass HR department. Yeah, and now oh it's working. God. The whole department. The whole department. <laughs> Which I love. Who says fuck a lot. <laughs> Those are the best ones. <laughs> all right, Rami, I think I'm you're doing all right. My, you're doing all right. I'm a dad. <laughs> <laughs> How do we teach little girls to have better self-esteem? Show them. Yeah, show them. But also, I think it goes back to what... Amber touched upon earlier as far as let them make the choices and let them go out there and try and let them fail and mm -hmm. then figure it out. Like figure out what they're going to do with that. And it, it's, it doesn't start when they're 18. It starts when they're little kids. And it could be something like where something in the house, it could even be something like you're going to choose to wear a tank top in the middle of winter and that's not going to go well for you, but go right ahead and see what happens. And then let's talk about how to make that better. Mm-hmm. Instead of I'm going to pick out every outfit for you and tell you how mm -hmm. to think and tell you how to be. I like it. Amber, what do you got? Show them. What else? Yeah, show them. You just have to show them. I'm a big firm believer in just living your life and doing it, well, confidently. But, like, then just letting everybody see. There's only so much you can teach. You know what? You're right. And, and like I said before, you have to fall on your face and figure it out. But, like... I think there's only so much you can teach. You just have to show. Yeah. I think um, my biggest one here would be um, teach them to celebrate other women, other girls. Oh, yeah. That's other a women. good one. <laughs> I get what you said. That's why there's three of us. No, I mean, because I, I agree with you guys. And I think, you know, obviously letting them fail and picking themselves up. But I think... Um, not putting such a heavy weight on how we look, but also mm -hmm. celebrating other girls for whatever, you know, I mean, I really, I try my best when I'm giving compliments to not only make it, oh my God, I love your hair. Oh my God, what a cute dress. I really try and make sure it's, it's deeper than that. It's, I mean, obviously if I don't know them, I'm not going to say anything besides the way they look. Cause that's all I know about mm -hmm. them. But you know, the people that I know girls in my life, I try and make sure that my compliments aren't just a you're so pretty. But when they say something, it's funny. Oh my God, you're so witty. 
or, you know, that that was such a smart comment. Great question. Those kinds of, I think that's what makes them understand that it's not just about being pretty. And I think that's the, that's one of the biggest things we teach our little girls is, oh, you look so pretty in your dress or you look so pretty in that, or, you know, oh, your, your hair is pretty or like we tell them that over and over and over again, or, oh my God, do you look at her? that, Mm -hmm. That outfit she has, you know, either way, it's always about our looks, but we do that to our babies. And instead of, you know, raising adult peasants, let's raise them to be queens. Let's teach them to treat themselves and other people well. <laughs> Can yeah. you like that one, Amber? Oh, yeah. Amber almost <laughs> lost her alcohol there, people. <laughs> True. All right, yeah. Amber, what do you got? What's your question? I have one more, but I feel like we've already touched on it. At what age do you remember feeling more confident and what contributed to that? I think it started in college and in my career. There was somewhere in the middle where I went, yeah, I got this. I don't, I don't care. I don't know that I cared from a pretty young age, but as I got older, I cared less and less about what anybody thought. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Do you think that's directly tied with confidence as not caring what other people think of you? Like, like you can't, yes. you can't care about it and be confident. Do you think those things can't live in the same world together? I think they're highly think correlated. Yeah. Good words, Brownie. Uh, yeah. Good job. There's our I, English major there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have to not care. Because if you care too much, then you're just going to bow to whatever mm-hmm. comes at you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, what do you think about this? The first thing that pops into my head when I read this question is professional versus personal. I feel like my personal, my personal self-confidence has, was established and was there way before my professional self-esteem and confidence was. And I feel like I still have a lot of work in my professional self-confidence. And I don't know if it has to do with, I've bumped around so much, like in different Mm -hmm. industries or where I've just completely compartmentalized both of them. But I feel Mm -hmm. like my personal self-confidence is way more like my twenties and thirties. And I was like, yeah. yeah, and I just stopped caring, and I feel like now, in my forties, I'm. I sometimes I have to step back and realize I still don't have a lot of self confidence professionally. Do you think that has something to do with those people saying that you're never going to make it in the college? You can. Do you think that it was that piece of it that was like that's kind of in the back of your head? I think that's part of it. I also think part of it is because it's. I don't have, you know, like I'm like. I was an English degree. I started off as a teacher and people, the saying of people who can't teach just reiterated for me that that cho- choice of profession was because I couldn't do anything else. And then when I oh. moved into something else, I was an executive assistant, heavy on the assistant piece of mm-hmm. you're helping everybody else. And then moving into the business world and more accounting where it's still like, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball. You have imposter syndrome a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I still have a lot of catching up to do because Mm -hmm. people have, the people who have been in this, like at my age have been in it a lot longer than I have. But then I step back and go, I'm really good at what I do. Mm -hmm. And part of it is all these other pieces in my background has contributed to that. The teaching part, these are like that, those created skills in me that I think a lot of other people didn't get otherwise having Mm -hmm. one path and I have to step back and remind myself of that yes yep Mm -hmm. you know what I think is funny is that I was the exact opposite I had professional um, confidence well before my personal confidence well before because it was something I can control Mm -hmm. I can't control personal confidence I can control the shit out of being good at my job and I climbed the hell out of the ladder and I got really great at what I was and started my own business, all those things. But I could put myself, I could put my head down and just grind and I could check boxes, right? Oh, I did that. Oh, I did that. That's really, it was, I could control yeah. the shit out of it. <laughs> I could not control looking in the mirror and being like, you're worthy of love. Could not. I could not figure out that was way more deep and way more work to have to really dive in deeper. So it's just interesting how people are so different, right? And you're right. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think um, for women that work, there is that professional side and that personal side. 
and you know, people say life balance. Oh, you know, life, there's no freaking such thing as life balance. It really is about the focus you put in each area. But I a hundred percent agree with you in the fact that, um, each one of those needs to be developed separately. It does because there's a reason why one of them isn't working well for you. And you have to dive into why, because the reality of it is, is when you look at it and you know, this and you're, your heart of hearts is that you absolutely have a place at that table. Obviously, obviously, if you weren't doing what you needed to do and you didn't do it well, you wouldn't be in that business or that specific job for so long, you know? So it's amazing though, how we just, the reality versus what we believe is so stark sometimes. Like you could be looking at the reality, black and white, right in the eye and be like, yeah, that's not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have so many women that have body dysmorphia, eating disorders, me included, that look in the mirror and are like, I don't see it. Like, I I, I can pick apart my body where other people are like, holy crap, you look great to these women, you know? So it's it's amazing though, because you just don't know the the severity in someone's brain. And you have to, I believe, give grace for that because no, you don't know what people are walking around with. Um, but it is, it's a skill we have to to learn. Well, you don't have to, you can choose to work on. You figure it out to learn. Uh, okay. Why do you think confidence is so important? I mean, I think that we've hit that one on the head too. Um, what I see is people make decisions in their life or, or they don't make decisions in their life because they don't feel worthy of that decision. And it, to me, is the saddest thing. It's like making decisions out of fear. And fear and low confidence or, or low self-worth to me are like hand in hand. They feed off of each other. Um, so much so that I, I, I wish to God that I could just, if I had a magic wand, I would give everybody that because if everybody just had a level of self-worth, most of their bullshit and most of them not trying, like I hear people, oh yeah, well, I would just love to do that thing. And it's silly stuff, guys. It's like, God, I wish I've had people say to me, if I had like ruffles on the shoulders of my shirt, mm, I wish I had the self-confidence to wear a shirt like that. I'm like, it's a ruffle on the shoulder. (laughs) I'm going to have the shirt, you know, but like, but it's so silly, right? But people literally say stuff like that. And you're like, Mm -hmm. what? You know, so it's, it's, yes, like whatever it is. Top shelf tequila. Like, Please do. It's better. Um, but I, but yes, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I just, it's funny to me though, how it, it really gets in our way so much. It makes us allow people to treat us like pure crap. It, it creates us acting like that peasant I was talking about. But when I see the opposite of when that person decides that this, this moment, this is the pivotal moment that I am done with that shit. And I'm a firm believer that Women will take a lot of stuff and then we're numb. We will take so much. We just put, stack it and stack it and stack it. But when we are done, we are absolutely done. And those are those moments, I believe, that we dis- we start to disprove the belief that we're not good enough, we're not worthy because we're like, I don't even care anymore. I'm so numb to the situation. Yeah. I'm done and we walk away. I really believe that. Rami, what do you think about that? I think confidence is important because I think it is the foundation of you believing what you can and cannot do. You know, I feel like if you don't have the confidence, there's more cannots. than if you mm-hmm. do have the confidence, because like, it's that, that willingness to take a risk. Like what if this doesn't work out to have mm-hmm. the confidence go, you'll figure it out. If you don't have that, you will never take the risk. Yeah. That's the fear, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I believe that fear and, and, low self-worth are like literally that like they feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. Amber? All of the things that you guys said. <laughs> Take another this drink is why, of wine. This is, why, <laughs> this is why you're on this podcast because of your prolific. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Get out. Everything you both said. I have nothing else important or smart to add to those. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, I think we're out of questions, right? Was I the last one? That's it. All right. Cool. Well, thank you guys for being here with me. I, again, appreciate it. And for drinking with me, I also always appreciate that. Um, I, I want to make sure that you guys out there that are listening, please look at your life. Please consider 
what you're saying no to? And is it because you don't think you're worthy of it? Because I think if we really start to look into those pieces, we can decide to make a change. Um, Also, ladies out there, I don't think we could have hit it heavier, but please, if you didn't hear it for some reason, go build the women around you up. I don't care if you know them. I don't care anything. If you're looking at a woman that walked in the room and she's gorgeous and you're judging her, I want you to go up and say something beautiful about her. Because when we stop this BS and we show our little queens how to be big queens and stop with this crappy behavior, that's when this stuff changes. We have done this to ourselves. We have every bit of opportunity to decide that this is our table instead of we are fighting for a seat at it. So that's your challenge. I can't wait to hear and see what things that are going on out there. Let us know and we will see you soon. Go out there and make today your bitch. If you like what you heard on the show today and want more information, have questions you'd like me to cover on the show, or just want to cyber stalk me, head on over to maketodayyourbitch.com.